Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Guys, welcome to the Left of Straight Show. It is Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. We are getting back into the swing of things this week after taking a few days off to recognize uh, all of the things happening in our country. And I'm glad they're still continuing um, we laid uh, George Floyd to rest today at his funeral. I uh, watched part of that on TV. And things are not uh, stopping until we get some change. And good on everybody for keeping it up. We have to be safe out there. This COVID thing has me a little scared. I'm seeing a lot of pictures, not a lot of masks. But uh, be careful out there, guys. But keep up the good fight. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being part of the Left of Straight family. We're going to have a great show last night if you missed it for our Music Monday. We went off key a little bit. See what I did there? Off key on Music Monday. RRR. Um, anyway, we had a great first guest tomorrow. Nathaniel Hunt came on. Nate is a friend of a friend of the show. He's um, our buddy Michael Mott, the composer from New York his boyfriend, and he is an amazing dancer in his own right, has danced at the Met and so many other great places. Uh, But we had a great conversation about race in the country right now and about a fundraiser he did over the weekend where he raised almost $7,000 for the NAACP and one other charity, which I can't quite remember. But we had a great chat last night, so that was amazing. Glad to talk to him about that. Then we had our good buddy Zach Day on, our special correspondent with his Music Minute, and he talked about a fundraiser he did this weekend where he raised money for Black Lives Matter with his fellow contestants from The Voice. They all had a great Zoom party and raised almost $3,000. And he brought on with him uh, his old theater company, Distilled Theater Company out of Lexington, Kentucky, who sang a reprise from The Color Purple. It was pretty amazing yesterday. And then we had singer-songwriter all the way from the U.K. call in, Tommy Atkins, amazing country western singer-songwriter. So great musical Monday yesterday. Today I have just as good a show for you. You're going to be so excited you tuned in. In just a couple seconds, we're going to bring on the Empress of Hollywood himself. Mr. Enoch Miller is going to join us for our West Hollywood Entertainment Minute here. The, he has a, God, he calls it something wonderful, and I forget already, the royal something. He'll let me know in just a couple of seconds. I see him on the line there. Uh, also, after Enoch, we're going to bring on Adam Squared today. Um, filmmakers, actors, Adam Bucci, and Adam Huss will be on. 
And then we're going to finish up tonight with the excellent cast and creators of a new movie called As I Am. It's an amazing film about uh, two young African-American men that meet on a chance meeting, one from a privileged background, having to deal with some serious problems from the past, the other one raised by a very open and affirming gay couple being adopted, and kind of the freewheeling guy, guy that he is, and their chance meeting turns into a wonderful story called As I Am. So we're going to have the writer and director of that, Anthony Bond, on, and four of the cast, the main characters, Andre Myers, Rodney Chester, Jeremiah Dunbar, and Tom McLaren. So that'll be coming on for the second hour. But let's go ahead and get right to it. I want to bring our good friend Enoch on. So uh, Enoch Miller, how the heck are you, my friend? Good, my dear. How are you? I am doing amazing. It's a great Tuesday here in Northeast Ohio. How's everything over on the West Coast, my friend? It is hot. Um, it is summer is almost here, and you can feel it. Oh, boy. All right. Yep. I told them to get that pool ready for me when I get to Palm Springs in five weeks. I I, I melt. I melt, Enoch, I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Does the ice queen's heart melt when she comes into the sun? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. How you doing, buddy? What's up? I saw you've been a traveling man. Every time I turn around, I'm looking at the Empress in Malibu and Santa Barbara. And did you find an oil well I didn't hear about? Or what's going on? Goodness gracious. No, I want to be um, in your life all of a sudden. <laughs> no, we've just, uh, we've kind of been saving a lot of stuff away for a rainy day. And um, it was my partner's 55th birthday um, this last weekend. So uh, we've been celebrating uh, the last couple weekends just uh Treat yourself. I like it. I like uh-huh. it. Treat yourself. Nice. Treat All right. Well, tell me, what do you got from me? What's going on in the West Coast that me and my listeners need to know about, my friend? Um, there's, oh, my God, there's been so much going on around here in, obviously, Los Angeles, California, and all over the West Side. Um uh, I know a lot of people probably were paying attention today. Uh, George Floyd's funeral was this morning, um, and a lot of people throughout the city of Los Angeles and also the state um, were standing in solidarity with the family and with um, all the other mourners that were there. Um, Cathedral of Our Lady of Los Angeles uh, bells tolled for eight minutes and 46 seconds, um, and the California mm. State Legislature commemorated the life of George Floyd this morning by um, condemning racist practices and promoting all things Black Lives Matter. Um, so it was kind of a really somber morning, but also a beautiful way of just different people coming together to really stand behind um, this beautiful cause that's really helped us really come together as a community, as a country. Um, unfortunately, it was such a horrible situation that had to happen for us to kind of get our act together, but um, people are taking some amazing strides. Um, in conjunction with a lot of the different protests that have been going on across the country and got around the world, um, some different things have been going on through Los Angeles here um, in the greater Southern California area. Um, Los Angeles has had some really cool protests, uh, Long Beach, Santa Monica, Pasadena, Hollywood, and so many other communities have really stepped up to to display their, their unity together and saying that we will no longer stand for this injustice against uh, the black community and uh, really just this discrimination that has gone on for far too long in our country. Um, 
Right. So different cities are doing some really cool things on how they're trying to help uh, either promote or, or work with people on this. The city of Santa Monica um, has publicly said that they're not going to charge uh, individuals for violating curfew um, who are protesting. So um, they, the city attorney said that they will not press charges. The only charges they will press are people in the cases of violence, looting, or vandalism. Otherwise, if you are peacefully protesting and you were out after curfew and were arrested, they will know no charges will be pressed against you for that. Um, nice. Also, um, Mayor Garcetti, who uh, has been very, very vocal uh, for the city of Los Angeles about what he personally is wanting to do for the, the community, has actually cut the LAPD's funding by, uh, I think it's $250 million of their spending will now be redirected toward different funds and programs for um, health initiatives, peace centers, um, and other distribution going toward like low-income neighborhoods. Um, and he's also going to be pulling from a bunch of other different departments as well. So their Fantastic. budget meeting is actually at the end of this month. Yeah, it's really cool. But the, the main budget meeting for the city of Los Angeles is at the end of the month. So a lot of different things are getting reworked and are going to be really thoughtfully put toward communities that are in desperate need of just general funding, stuff for like youth centers and um, job programs for youth. Um, and other different types of initiatives that they're working toward. Um, for the queer community being Pride season, um, some individuals have come together to put together an LGBTQ plus all Black Lives Matter protest for June 14th. Um, it's kind of, they're wanting to do it sort of around the time that they would have done LA Pride here uh, roughly. And so right. it's uh, leaders of various Black rights groups um, are kind of made up this, this small advisory board um, for an all Black Lives Matter protest. Um, and unfortunately with, uh, so Christopher Street West is the, the entity that puts on LA Pride every year. Unfortunately, they tried to put a protest together without coordinating with Black Lives Matter. So this was their way to step back from that and give it to the appropriate people that needed to be in charge of this to set this up because it needed to be done either through Black Lives Matter or a Black Lives Matter type of organization. So this was sure. their way to say, hey, we're sorry for overstepping. And we were just, they just got excited about wanting to really do something for the queer community to show their support and specifically have a, an opportunity to get up there and protest. Um, so However, everything's been worked out, um, but CSW is still um, not necessarily a partner, but they're still there in, in spirit and there in support and there to, to offer their um, services in a sense of just being involved, but they will not be like leading or heading anything with this. They are just there basically in, in spirit. But um, luckily that all got worked out because a lot of people were really excited for it, but obviously when everything kind of fell apart. They're like, oh, my gosh, are we still going to be able to have this? So luckily that all got sorted. And so um, it's going to be a big protest June 14th at 10 a.m. Um, they're going to start at uh, kind of the Hollywood and Vine area and um, Hollywood Boulevard and then come down to Santa Monica and then walk through West Hollywood. So, um, But there's there's been some really great stuff all throughout the area of the business community um, they were hit really hard in the beginning of this by looters and rioters, um, but however, it's really turned around, and a lot more people are demonstrating peaceful protesting, 
and the businesses have, um, even though they've boarded up, you see all these cool messages across the boulevard of Black Lives Matter, we support you, we want peace, not love, we want peace, not war, all this different stuff of the businesses getting really creative, even though they're boarded up, getting really creative or still showing their support for really how important this movement is and has been for making sure that uh, people understand that this is this is a big changing point in our country's life and, and everyone's showing their support and being a part of it. So um, it's been kind of really inspirational to watch throughout my community these these different organizations and different individuals really stepping up to the plate to to really say no, this is enough, and we're gonna we're not gonna take this lying down anymore. So um, really that excited to awesome. see kind of everyone take up the take up the mantle with that. So it's been really cool. Um, the next yeah, topic, I've been seeing some. Pro- I saw like twenty thousand people there on Sunday. It was an amazing picture to yeah, watch. So it was I love the biggest that. one for the area. Yeah, that was that was a really cool that that street kind of drone view down Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset. It was Sunset or Hollywood. But um, yeah, 20,000 people out and strong. And um, I went to one last week. Uh, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. And that was a good like like four or 5,000 people. Um, and some people, like we walked for three and a half hours. Some people walked almost seven, nine hours. Um, and it was really cool to see other Amazing. people there handing out water, handing out snacks. Um, really just the community coming together to support one another, um, but also to, to really stand for the injustice that's going on and really kind of just say we're not going to, again, we're not going to take this anymore. So it was, it's been really cool to watch people. And we, even when I was in Santa Barbara this weekend, there was a, a big protest they did for Saturday and Sunday, which was, again, really inspirational and moving to watch. So people have really been, been doing an amazing job stepping up to the plate. I have been proud of you guys on the West Coast. It's been amazing. We have about two minutes left, Enoch. What what else do you got for me? Yeah, just a couple quick things. Um, coronavirus obviously is still a big deal with everything. Um, just to make sure as you're paying attention to what's going on and what's opening here up in your community, make sure you check with the Los Angeles Public Health Department. Um, check with your different cities to see what the rules and ordinances are. Um, most people are still requiring you to wear masks to even enter the premises, even though they are still becoming open, you still need to pay attention to what the businesses are allowed or not allowed to do to accommodate for new customers. So please be aware of that um, and whatever you're doing. Los Angeles County, luckily as of today, is at um, 64,000 cases. Um, and the state's at 134,000 um, for a county of 10 million and a state of 40. We are doing very well when it comes to our infection rates. So again, continue doing what you're doing. Um, really, it helps. It helps a lot. And if we just maintain this momentum, sooner more than later, we will be back to being to normal. And um, a final little thing that kind of was crazy. It happened just the other day. Um, there was a small brush fire over on uh, the, the uh, Coenga Pass by the Hollywood Bowl, and luckily um, firefighters were able to to get that under control. But yeah, the Hollywood Bowl came this close to being burned down. So oh my uh, again, thank you to our fire department. They were on it. The helicopters came and drenched the whole hillside. So this is um, this is the time of year we end up getting a lot of fires, which 
burn out all the vegetation. So come the next couple months when it starts raining again, it turns into mudslides. So it becomes this whole pattern. But, uh, but yeah, just everyone stay vigilant out there. Um, again, if you, if you don't know where you would like to protest that are, are looking for a place, there are so many different areas here in the Southern California area. You can always look to either like the West Hollywood Chamber, um, NBC, Los Angeles, where I find a lot of my information, WeHoville, um, uh, and the city of West Hollywood and the city of Los Angeles and the other different cities. Um, there's lots of different information out there, especially with protesting. They're giving really good information, street closers, all that stuff. So stay in the park, stay up to date, and don't be afraid to show your support. There you go. Well, Mr. Enoch Miller, thank you very much for our West Coast Minute. We appreciate you coming on every month. Let us know what's going out there in beautiful downtown Southern California. Let everyone know where they can find you real quick, and we will talk to you in about four weeks. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, you can check me out at, at Empress of WeHo across the board, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you need anything, you can always shoot me a DM. If you have questions about information or where to find it, let me know. More than happy to help direct you toward it. Terrific. Well, thank you, my friend. Stay on the line for me, guys. We're going to play out here to our good buddy, Matt Stern, with Keeps Me Awake. When I come back, I'm going to have two special guests, Adam Bucci and Adam Huss, joining us. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. You're gonna need someone to blame You're gonna need 
keeps me awake When I walk in the door I don't know if I feel safe In this place anymore In this place anymore I can't hold on, it's gonna hurt me But letting go is hard to do And though we chose to do it perfectly I'm plagued with thoughts of needing you I'm plagued with thoughts of losing 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 you Alrighty, guys, we are back. That was our good buddy again, Matt Stern with Keep Me Awake. All right, guys, I'm excited to uh, have my next two guests on today. They are actors, writers, producers, and husbands who've been very much left of straight show adjacent with our mutual connections. They've been working with our friends from Eastsiders, Still Waiting in the Wings, and the upcoming Windy City. They form Molecule Productions to create and produce their own work and to work with others, including their LGBTQ take in the horror genre with their werewolf film, Find What You Love and Let It Kill You. They have just released their first children's book just in time for Pride Month, telling the tale of how their adorable fur baby Sawyer made his way into their lives and taught them both how to love. I'm excited to have them on the show today, so please welcome to the very first time Adam Squared, Mr. Adam Bucci, and Mr. Adam Huss. Guys, how we doing? Hey. Hey, great. Happy to be here. Good to have you guys on. As I said, I've been following both your careers for a long time. You worked on a lot of projects with friends of the show, so it's nice to have you here. How is everything in beautiful Southern California? You guys getting through this with your minds intact here, finding stuff to work on and projects to do? How are you holding up, Mr. Huss? Well, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it's been an interesting time, obviously, to go through two massive life events in a row, um, right. with the pandemic and then this um, this revolution going on that we're obviously both Adam and I are are, in, are on board with a hundred percent, but it's a lot when you're going through both back to back, you know, so right, you're going through. Uh, yeah, so but it's but it's been an interesting time and it feels like a rebirth and and I think a lot of people who I've checked in with have have had so much time to do a lot of self self evaluation, you know, and self check in. So this this whole revolution going on almost ties into that too, you know, because you're able to look at yourself and be vulnerable and admit I don't know where you need to maybe look look into yourself a little bit further and deeper and get more open-minded so we've been doing a lot of that since the even since the quarantine and now this and uh and we've been staying really creative in different ways whether it's we we wrote two more scripts we've been trying to get our movie off the ground let it kill you which we've had traction in we we wrote a book we did a we did a, a horror short where we got to play husbands in that and Sawyer was in it too so that's the job 
destroy our dog, and we wrote our yeah, wrote a children's book about our pup. So we've been busy and and definitely um, introspective, but also going stir crazy like everybody else. It's hard, you know, trying to find balance. There you go. I'm sure. Well, I'm glad to have you on and talk about so many great things here. I want to start first with a little bit of background. Uh, Bucci, we're going to start with you. Um, let's talk about where you grew up and what kind of a kid were you. I understand you had a military father and a mother in the arts. That's kind of a contrary from discipline of the military to the free thinking of the arts. Talk about where you grew up and what kind of a kid were you. All right. How much time we got? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so I was born in Fort Campbell, Kentucky on an army base. My dad was stationed there um, for six years after he graduated from West Point. So my older sister and I were born uh, in Kentucky, but I was an infant when we moved to New Jersey. So I really, you know, identify as a Jersey boy. I, I That's where I was raised pretty much. I was four months old when I was there. Um yeah, I, I was kind of a mixture of things growing up. I was involved in sports and art, um, but it took a while until probably high school that I really came out of my shell and really wanted to pursue acting and singing. I was very shy, so um, it took a lot for me to audition for that school musical that kind of changed everything in high school, um, and then I became the class president. And But with all that, I still was very shy. I, I didn't really fit into one group. Um, it was just like a nice kid that um, kind of dabbled in a bunch of things. And I went to college for theater. Um, so I finally was able to, you know, focus on something that really fulfilled me. Um, college, I'd say, was... was um, really the place where I, you know, fine tuned my craft and everything that I really wanted to pursue and, and kind of gained all that confidence. Um, but yeah, we weren't a military family per se. We didn't like, you know, travel and move around a lot. We had opportunities to, but my dad was fortunate enough to stay put. So we were always in the same school system. Um, oh, nice. And part of me always wanted to be that new kid in different places because I wasn't, <laughs> Um, I didn't fit in the way, you know, it's tough being young So in school. So I, I didn't have that core group right. of friends. So I always kind of wanted to go to different places and start over. And I think that's what college was. But, um, yeah, I had a pretty, pretty standard, you know, suburban upbringing. Um, my dad was the military side. My mom's side was all musicians and artists. Um, but oddly enough, and I say oddly just because you would think the reverse, but my dad's side, um, the extended family, they've been the most supportive um, of wow. my arts and my marriage to Adam. And um, they've really come through the most, and they're probably the most conservative. They were um, all at our wedding. Oh, yeah, they, they actually all came to our wedding, whereas the other some others didn't. So that's just a whole other book. But, um, wow. yeah, so that, that was my upbringing. Nice. Well, Huss, let's talk about you. You're a New Yorker born and bred. Talk about your early life and what kind of a kid were you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I am from Long Island, and um, Long Island is a very interesting place because it's not New York, and uh, 
It's not New York City. It's not as open-minded as New York City. So, you know, my family is all still there, and I love them dearly, and um, they're so accepting and loving of 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 me. Um, but growing up, you know, it as a as a creative kid, as a kid who felt different, and I and found I found my identification in like every movie I watch or TV show, and I knew what I wanted to do from a young age. But my parents were too afraid to let me to go go to the city or take me to the city. So a lot of what I did was create, yeah, I created a lot of projects, which I'm actually getting back to now, like writing and stuff, because I created a lot of projects for my cousins. Cause we had, I had like 25 cousins, this huge family on my dad's side, nine brothers and sisters oh, wow. I grew up with. Yeah. So I had all these cousins. So I would like, I would show up on like the Sunday family birthday party, which was like every weekend. Cause there was so many, so many cousins <laughs> and aunts and uncles and stuff. And I would show up with like, the script, a, a Nightmare on Elm Street script, but for my cousins. And I'd be like, okay, this is your part. This is your part. I'm Freddie. And we'd like act it out, you know? So I got to really explore all that with them and they were very game for it, which was awesome. But, um, but, but similar to Adam, I know it was a lot of fun, but, and they were, and they're still like into it now. They're into like my career now because like, oh, he's still doing what, what he did when we were little, you know, but he's getting paid for it. <laughs> um, but you know, similar to Adam, my mom and dad, um, or my dad was is a is a in law enforcement. Almost all my family is, and you know, so it was a very a stricter upbringing. Um, and my mom wasn't necessarily in the arts, but she was more of the like nurturing, lo- love loving side. My dad's loving, but in a different way. So right, I really. It, it took me sort of going to college and moving away to find my own voice. And I'm still, still like I talking to my family, we, we have differences of opinions, but they have opened their minds so much. And, and I've, you know, I've learned to hold on to some of the things that, that they've instilled in me, you know? So it's like a finding a balance of both of these things. You, you could be liberal and fight for what you want. And then also understand where other sides may be coming from, you know? So, Exactly. It's given me no, very cool. Yeah, it's given me that having that foothold still in 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 my family back there. I love that. Well, let's and talk very, about that. Oops, go ahead. What were you saying? I was just gonna say, and they're very supportive of Adam and I, and and so I just want to say, and they they came to our wedding and all showed up, and you know, granted they all couldn't come because I have so many aunts and uncles, but they all showed their love and support, so that meant a lot. And those that came came to our wedding and had a beautiful time, and. And, and open their minds even further, which was a, a gift. I bet, definitely. And you got your anniversary coming up next month. Let's talk about that coming out process together because you guys both did come from these conservative families. I don't really care about the coming out stories, but I want you to tell me when did you first come out to yourself and when did you kind of first find your tribe? I know it was a little later for you, Bucci. Talk about your journey. Um. I would say my coming out to myself really was when I met Adam. Um, I was the understudy in a musical and he was the lead. Um, and we were just working together and things moved really fast. And my whole world was just changing when I realized, um, you know, I had those butterflies and I, things were deep down kind of probably in there and I didn't realize it and wasn't admitting it, but, um, yeah, Adam was my first boyfriend. Um, 
So wow. my, everything awesome. changed when I met him. Yeah. That's awesome. And he, he made me feel so you? comfortable. And... No, go ahead. Finish up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, no, no. Just that, you know, it was – he made me feel um, safe and comfortable and okay with these um, – it was a scary time. It was like the best and worst time of my life, you know, because it was new territory. Yeah. I, I, I think, not, I mean, not just, I'm not speaking for him, but we've, we've discussed this a million times, but I think like a lot of people who don't understand um, what to be, what it is to be gay because they're maybe they're, you know, because they're not gay, say like, even though Bucci was new inside, something was different he had all these ideas in his mind of what it would mean if he went, if he acted on those feelings, you know? So, so in his mind, sure. like, like our dad, before they came to our wedding, he thought we couldn't have a, like he couldn't have a family. He couldn't have kids. And those are things you really wanted. Right. So, yeah, that was the one thing um, I was scared of. I, I've always wanted to be a dad. I've always wanted to have a family. And before we even had our first kiss uh, and Adam sensed, something was happening he's like what do you want and I said well I, I want a family and I don't know if I can have that with you and he said that's all I want and that right there is kind of when Aww. it switched over I love that know? just just knowing there was someone else out there like me that wanted the same thing and and you know granted there are a lot of now especially you know there are a lot of people in in the LGBTQ community who want marriage and family and tradition but but you don't always hear that that hear that going in you know you hear growing up well it's going to be a tough life and not everybody wants to settle down and there's a lot of promiscuity sure but there also is what you you know what 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 you want to find is what is out there you know whatever you put out there you're going to right. find you you will find it. people want love people want relationships people want monogamy and then some people maybe don't but we we wanted that and um we we both found it in each other beyond already just feeling falling in love naturally. And then there was all these other things that aligned that we wanted together, you know? I love that. That That's aligned awesome. with us. Very and good. Well said, boys. And you, well, you asked, and you asked about my coming out story or when I knew I came out to myself and I like what, how you put it. Um, when I, when I, my sense of pride in who I was, um, right. You know, that's been an ongoing, yeah, it's been an ongoing journey for me because I feel like um, I always, again, knew there was something different, but I was, I, I didn't know where I fit in. And I thought I had, to, and especially when I, I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit older, so I'm, I'm 43 this year. And I, I, and I, when I'm growing up in the nineties, even, you know, there wasn't, we, we weren't where we are today, which we've come very far where there's more, you know, kids can say they're, um, ambiguous or pansexual, we didn't have that as as freely. So I thought I had to be right. in one box or in, or the other. And so all those, you know, that really scared me. It scared me to act. It scared it scared me when I was in college. I I remember like thinking this kid in my in my bio class was very cute, but I was so scared of the feeling. I was like so proud that I made it through college and like never acted on this feeling I had. And mm. you know, for other for another guy or something. And then. You know, and then it, when I moved away from my family and came to California, I really started exploring that because it was it was easier and safer being that far away. Um, right. And granted, I kept I kept my I kept what I wanted intact. Like I always wanted love, so I led with that. 
but now I was trying to find it with a man and be open to that and just a man. And then along the the way and dating men and stuff, I realized what, why am I closing myself off? Maybe I'm not finding the right thing. And I actually wound up dating a woman that I really fell in love with and that didn't work out. And after that, I really just said, you know what? I have to, and this was only like nine years ago before I met Adam. I said, I have to just keep myself open. What I want, if I'm, if I'm leading with love, that could come in any form, you know, woman, man, who, who knows where it's going to come from as long as it's authentic right. and I'm authentic to myself. Uh, and then I happened to meet Adam and, 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 um, you know, I, I always knew that that was a stronger pull towards men. So like meeting him, it just was like kind of perfect. Like, Oh my God, he wants, even though he's younger than me, and at a different place in his life than me, he wants what I want on this same journey. So, you know, you'll hear people go, well, he, if he's new and he's your first boyfriend, you don't know, he might want to explore. But I'm like, no, we're going to explore these things together. I hate that. And yeah, so there I is no that. fear. Of, <laughs> yeah, I know. And it said a lot. But, but you know, we explored all that together. and we've, we've traversed it together. And we still are. You know, we're still finding our pride in ourselves every every with every new challenge you know we find new ways to go as actors you have to hide and be in the closet we're like we don't want to do that anymore why should we you know yeah nice. and that's, that's changed a lot since we met even you know when we first met we thought we had to hide hide ourselves you know a lot and now it it feels really freeing and wonderful to just kind of celebrate our relationship and as artists together and, and thankfully the world has caught up you know you watch these shows like a, like hollywood i don't know if you saw that on netflix right. Did you watch that oh yeah definitely. and it's a fan yeah and it's a fairy tale telling of how hollywood you know if, if only hollywood went that way in the 50s 60s and it's beautiful you know and it, but that's not how it went and so even right. now there's challenges with with straight men or gay men playing leading men and so it's it's great to like I don't identify in that way in roles. I'm an actor. I'll play whatever. I'll play straight. I'll play if the role calls for me being with a man. I'll play gay. So it's it's kind of a beautiful thing now. So while we've come to this different place in our own sexuality and our own comfortability and pride, the the, the business has sort of caught up with that too. And so is society. And it changes every every year. You know. Right. No, that's fantastic. I like I love the way you put that and I love that you're able to explore that because it's it's gonna deepen your love as you work through these projects together as well. So I think that's very, very cool. I wanna go into some of your work. We'll start separately and then we'll kinda of meld your two works together here. So Bucci, we'll start with Great. you. I mean you gotta have I gotta say the hardest working hair in Hollywood, my friend. Your hairstyle and color is different about so every project I see you in. It's amazing. It deserves True. its own award. Talk about your acting journey. Maybe, maybe that's why about... no one knows who I am, because I have a different hairstyle in every project. You do? <laughs> I swear to gosh, you have, like, every time you turn around, it's short, it's long, it's blonde, it's dark, but it, it works for you, my friend. Every role, it works. Talk about Thanks. your I, I of... love being a chameleon. Oh, it, it's, I'm serious. Talk about your journey. I mean, you talked about <laughs> Muhlenberg College a bit. You did musical theater there. You learned Africa, Afro-modern Afro dance. Um, you worked television and film. Talk about how you feel your journey's been since college. Well, you know, when I went to school, my senior year of college was when they finally um, uh, introduced a film 
acting class. Everything was more musical theater and, and straight play, like straight drama um, theater. Okay. So I took that class, of course, because I knew I wanted to go in TV and film, but my studies were all theatrical based. So I just got a taste of on-camera work in my senior year. Um, and I did New York for a little while after, but again, it was mostly theater auditions um, for you know Broadway and regional and, and just kind of, um, exercising my my theatrical craft and voice lessons and, and more musical theater based. Um, and then I just decided I need to get out of here and I moved to LA. You know, two years after that, in between college and and LA. Um, but but yeah, in college I I definitely broke through confidence wise. I felt more comfortable in in what I was pursuing. Um, it had, I had this great opportunity to have one-on-one kind of, um, teaching with a lot of professors. And I remember going to a, a dance concert, like the big, big main stage dance show at, at Muhlenberg. And there was this amazing African dance piece. Um, and I just saw that and I was like, I need to learn that. I mean, I'm going to be in that my senior year. And this is when I was a sophomore and I saw it. And my senior year, I wound up being like the featured dancer in this company for the whole year and even was a part of the Philadelphia-based dance company um, that we performed outside of school. So I was now becoming a dancer, but I had no training. It was all just kind of, uh, when I say natural ability, I don't mean to be like tooting my own horn, but I had like no, a natural sense sure. of movement and rhythm. And my teachers were like, I really want you to pursue dance. And, and I was like, I I want to pursue acting, not dance, but I'd miss it terribly. I mean, it was amazing. And I definitely have sore hips and joints because of it. Uh, just from those <laughs> couple of years of like being thrown into dance. I was, I was signed up in advanced ballet with 23 other girls. And I begged my instructor, please don't make me wear tights. And she, she didn't make me because <laughs> normally they make guys wear tights, but I was in just such a new world, but I was immersing myself in all these new experiences artistically and and um i still kind of can't wait to like show off all those other skills that are still in me in projects you know it, it's hard to get work out here you know there are dry spells and then there's oh, yeah. good spells and you know i still right. crave a project where i can really you know revisit some of those things i learned and and uh but yeah i, I was lucky enough to to dance and sing and act and straight plays and dramas and musicals and and now doing TV and film. So, um, we'll talk about the first yeah. time. I mean, you've done some good, um, recurrings. You've had the playhouse and, uh, the scene room stories were fun. Um, East Siders, of course, Kit's a good friend. Our buddy, Tommy Grossi was a producer on that. Talk about doing the episodic and what you learned in that experience. Yeah, that was such a funny way of coming about. Um, I was doing Steam Room Stories. Adam was actually in a movie with J.C. Calciano, who wrote and directed um, Is It Just Me? Yeah. And I, when I met him, I met J.C., of course, and J.C. asked me if I'd be a part of his uh, Steam Room Stories. And I'm like, sure, why not? And um, I remember, I think, J.C. called me one day, and he said, there's these guys making this East Siders show, and they, because Steam Room Stories was very popular, um, and Eastsiders was Definitely. basically brand sure. new. And they wanted to have, like, actors from other popular web series to kind of cross over so they could kind of build their story. And um, 
they're like, is there anyone from Steam Room Stories that you could kind of throw our way? And we just want to have, you know, give them a, an episode, a couple lines. So JC gave them my name, and I wound up having, like, a couple lines with, uh, you know, Van in one of the scenes in season one. And then Kit and John, they were so great. They asked me to come back season two, which was really the season that I was featured in a few episodes. Um, right. Had, like, a nice arc. And they've just been so great at keeping us all part of that family. Like, you know, season three was a road trip season, so I wasn't a part of it. But season four, you know, the final season, they asked everyone back that worked on the series to be a part of it in some way. So I had a nice little, you know, nice little uh, chance to get back in there. Um, So they've been really great at just kind of keeping everybody a part of the family, uh, Eastsiders family. So I'm really grateful to them that definitely – you know, with their Emmy nominations and, and uh, you know, a bunch of different awards. And they've really kind of helped my resume and, and making people think it's a, a, wow, that's a great credit. You know, that's, that's a great, successful show. Um, yeah. So well, dude, really all your credits are great. I love your NCIS, your NCIS LA one. That was like more prescient than ever. You're lying back in there when you're talking about the oppression of the black man there. So you were ahead of your time. You, you've done some. Uh, yeah. Good. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, I know. I'm great. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for all these, all these jobs, you know, and Adam and I have been creating and writing for the last few years just to kind of make our own work because, you just don't know when the next job will come. So we're hoping, you right. know, this year to get as much out as possible created by us to kind of get that going. Nice. And really quickly, before we move over to Adam, talk about your art, your visual artist as well. You've, we got some amazing jackets that you've des- uh, added your artwork on that's showing underneath the interview here on blog talk. Talk about your artistic side that way, visual arts. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to art school actually before, um, going to school for acting i my senior year of high school i was an art major it was called so i had a portfolio all ready to go to go to art school um and i got bit by the acting bug you know halfway through high school doing musical theater so i was kind of juggling the two in my mind and realized i don't want to i don't want to pursue visual arts i want to pursue performing you know so i still do art on the side um, but visual arts has always been like from day one, I remember just being little in the high chair, drawing on paper plates and copying all the paintings on the walls and restaurants on the placemat. And so I've always been a visual, you know, hands-on marker in my hand, drawing on everything. So right. I, I, you know, we live in an apartment. There's not a lot of room. I have a bunch of canvases from when I first moved here and I did these giant pieces. I had nowhere to go with anything. Um, and so I, a couple of years ago, I started to do like smaller scale things. I wanted to get back to drawing just as a hobby. And I did some greeting cards and, you know, little quirky things like Tim Burton is a huge influence to me. So that kind of style. And um, I worked with somebody that painted on clothing and fabric and denim. And it just was like the most amazing thing. And, and she had a different aesthetic. But I, Adam and I love horror. We love thrillers. We love the quirky side of things like Tim Burton. So I wanted to use that and put that on denim jackets. So I just slowly have been kind of making pieces. They take a long time, like a month each to make. So I can't spit out a bunch at once. But, um, you know, I've sold a few. I have a bunch. I wear them wherever I can just to kind of – it's like showing off a painting on your back. So 
Um, exactly. There, there's definitely a, a place for it. I haven't mastered the business angle of it yet, but um, I'm proud of it. It's therapeutic to paint. Um, I, I got one done during quarantine for uh, our good friend Lee Merriweather's daughter, Leslie. Uh, so I did Catwoman on the back of one because her mom was Catwoman. So it's fun to uh, see your art like literally on someone's back walking around. That so, is awesome, yeah. my friend. Good on you. We'll start on Etsy and move from yeah. there. <laughs> Let's move yeah, over yeah, to totally. Hus here. Um, Adam, you basically, yeah. I mean, what Bucci brings to the top of his head, I don't think your poor chin and stubble have ever seen the light of day. You have nothing but a 5 o'clock shadow and everything you've ever done. Uh, so we'll go the opposite <laughs> way for you here. But uh, I basically sprained my finger going through your IMDb there, talking about all of your stuff that you've been in. Talk about your career going from New York to L.A., having to go back to New York with power. Um, how have you um, felt your journey going? You really do your homework. I love it. Um, <laughs> but I did, have, I did have a clean face, and it's just me. So just so you know, because J.C. made me do that. He's like, you need to shave for my movie. I'm like, no, but I did it. So if you go back and look, you'll <laughs> I notice. missed that one. So <laughs> one thing I didn't see of yours. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for watching it. Every, anything. But um, yeah. So I, I think you know, my my journey was interesting. I moved here. I did. I did a lot of um, theater in in college and high school. And high again, my high school didn't offer much in terms of straight plays. It was more musicals. And I was a singer, but not a you know not necessarily a musical theater guy. But I. I I did love yeah like I loved this is after that but like Moulin Rouge and movies like that but I didn't necessarily didn't really you know some people grow up loving musical theater but I just didn't have that exposure right away it mine came a little bit later in life but I did love a good musical so I I threw myself into the school musical and by senior year I was doing the lead in in Bye Bye Birdie which I actually wasn't um, Conrad, I was Albert Peterson, and it was a lot of fun, and I got to like tap dance and learn all these all these moves that I never did before. So that was a real eye opening. Um, like I, it was really eye opening for me into my love of of theater in in any form. And when I went to college, my college was more um, the theater department was way more straight play, um, less musical. So I got that's where I really cut my chops. I mean, I. I started studying with a professor there from Juilliard who got kicked out of Juilliard and, and, but he went to our school, he came to our school after that. So he brought, even though it was really tough, he brought his brilliance there. And, you know, it took me almost to my junior year to really get where he was coming from. But I threw myself into the theater program after that and worked with him diligently for two years and really grew as an actor there um, and learned and read as many plays as I could and was exposed to that. And then I moved. Yeah, after college, I was I was toying with staying in New York, and and I actually had a girlfriend in New York, so I was like staying and doing that whole thing. And then I realized I really wanted to go to LA. And a friend of mine, who's now a very successful writer and uh, showrunner, she's showrunner. Uh oh, we lost him. So they're going to go ahead and give a call back in here, guys. Give us just a quick second here. We'll get him back on the line. Uh, I'm not going to play a song, so I think they'll come back pretty quickly here. So give us just a second, and we'll get Adam and Adam back on. Loving our interview here. 
Um, they've had such an amazing career, both apart and together. We'll get to together here. So we're just leaving off here about the showrunner. Go ahead, Adam. Okay, you got you got it. Yep, we got you. We're back. Okay, sorry you're about back. That. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So anyway, so Co- her name is Colleen McGinnis, and she um, she said, "Come stay with me and come to LA. You'll love it." And I and I fell in love with it. And then I moved here, and when I when I visited her, I took a lot of like casting director workshops. At the time, they were they weren't they did not have a bad connotation. And I met a lot of people from like NYPD Blue and all these shows. Yes, I'm I'm dating myself. And they were like, "You need to move here." So I moved I moved here, and I did not get a lot of work in TV right away. I mean, one of my first jobs was a Saved by the Bell spinoff, which is kind of funny because I like loved that show growing up. And then from there, I started doing a lot of, I started doing a lot of indie films, um, a lot. And I worked with this guy James Cotton and was shooting movies in Arkansas. And then I really cut my teeth there on film because film is obviously different than theater. And then I started book. Then I really, I really believe once I once I booked, is it just me, which was the J.C. Cassiano movie that started opening my my the doorway into other films that that people were actually seeing and then I booked Powers years later and I was a series regular which brought me back to New York and that was on Stars and you know people didn't find that show right away because it was like it was on cable and it was on Stars and not many people had that had that network so right I was on the show for three years but when I left the show it wasn't popular yet it was just getting popular so I really it did. I didn't. It didn't lead to like a million and one jobs. It led to mm, more independent okay. film, work, um, which was nice. But it it took a minute for me to like to for, for one people to realize, oh, he's off the show now. He can work, and two start hiring me as like I was getting a lot of offers all of a sudden, and then I was like doing working with some great actors, you know, um, right? That that were doing these in, you know smaller films, and I was getting a sort of go one-on-one with them. And that's really where things started taking off for me. Very cool. Well, I hate, I'm so much of a fan that I, Hey, there's so much stuff I want to talk about, but we only have about 10 to 15 minutes. I want to get into our project together real quick. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's go into first, let's do your passion project. Um, Find what you love and let it kill you. You've been working on this thing for a while now. Uh, talk about the passion behind it. You guys said that horror was kind of your coming together moment as well as your puppy. Uh, talk about your love of horror and this film and what it means to you guys. Yeah, well, we originally it was called Firing Love and Let It Kill You. Now it's just Let It Kill You. So um, a little more streamlined and, and uh, it's based on the Charles Bukowski quote. Um, but yeah, Let It Kill You is what the title is now we've met, like I said, during that musical and we were working for five, six months together and we wanted to do something creative together. And that's where we realized our love for horror and our relationship could really kind of become something uh, special in the form of like, you know, bringing those two things together. And the very cool thing about Let It Kill You is that with Get Out, with the movie Get Out, which we loved, that was a movie that really broke ground into showing, into actually making a horror film that had a social, a social message in it, you know? And it, right. with that, we realized, wow, yeah, you pull the audience and you entertain and scare the hell out of them and you get this wonderful message that we need to sit, that we need to hear, especially like ties into right now, correct? So 
exactly. So we had this idea to do it. Yeah, so we had this idea because of our own love story and sort of not fitting in a box to tell a same-sex love story within the horror genre. So you get this this werewolf, it's a werewolf movie with the werewolf lore as a metaphor for sexual transformation. So you're getting this full-on kick-ass werewolf movie, which we don't have enough of, and at the core of it is this love story between two people and this, the, and this you know, the, the one thing we loved about the werewolf is that he's always fighting his human side, whereas like Dracula and the vampire are sexy and they embrace their, you know, vampirism and they, they use it to their advantage. Werewolves always seem pained by their curse. And for us, right. that's tied into that, that tied into the LGBTQ journey someone might have, the journey we had, like the pain of accepting ourselves. So our story really lives in that in that realm of, of exploring the, the parallels of someone being a monster and embarrassed and disgraced by himself and someone coming in terms of their sexuality. So we had a lot we have a lot of fun with that in the film and play with dual dualities and um, a lot of secrets that come out, so it's really fun. Nice. Well, it sounds like a great premise. I mean, I love, I kind of read the synopsis of it, so I kind of have a, a feel of where it's going. We don't want to give too much away. But talk about, you got a short kind of produced now, right? You've already put together something and you're getting ready to put it full length or talk about where, where the process is at right now. We've made a couple concept teasers along the way um, to get, you know, in people interested, like investors and whatnot. We have a team assembled and a director and, and um, you know, things are really moving, but we never had an actual short film made. We actually were about to make one um, right before COVID hit, um, but we're on track for the feature. So we were nice. probably skipping that whole short idea, even though that was about to happen just as a selling tool. But, yeah, the, everything that's out there right now were concept teasers, so it's not like an actual short film. Yeah, and the, and the journey Very of the cool. film, because it is our number one, like, goal, like, that out of all the stuff we're doing, that's our anchor that we really, we believe in and want to get out there. And honestly, we have it because of the pandemic. People eager to get films off the once we are, are able to film again and get together and have crews together, that right. they can't do, like, a full-size Marvel movie that's hundreds of people, they want these smaller films. So our movie, the script is so tight. This guy, David Cornu, helped write it. From We wrote it, story by us. He helped fine-tune it. Then he came on as producer and wrote it because he's an established writer. We wrote it, yeah. He has um, a pilot going on at ABC right now called Triage. So he really knows structure. And he helped us just tone it down to, like, this kick-ass script that you can't – there's no holes in it. You know, you can't – call out the gay angle or call it cheesy because it's so well written. So that has gotten nice. a lot of traction with some companies that really want to do it right now. So we're, we're in the middle of like zoom calls every week trying to get this off the ground for, for a fall September like production. Yeah, so hopefully we're shooting in September. That's the goal. That would be amazing. Good luck on that guys. We'll make sure we keep everyone apprised of that. And we'll talk about the Patreon at the end that can help make this happen. Let's move on, though. We're kind of running short. I want to talk about Puppy Love is Puppy Love. 
Uh, Adam, you wrote this. The administrator, Huss, wrote this. The illustrations are amazing. <laughs> I love that you did a big cadre of your friends to get involved. Talk about the creation of this book. Yeah, well, I, you know, again, like, Let It Kill You is our anchor, and then this quarantine, we've really gotten into, like, I wrote two other scripts. One's, like, a romantic um, teen high school coming-of-age, same-sex drama, uh, rom-com and then we i had this book because i'm also i want to write ya's and i want to write children's books not just lgbtq all different genres but i also want to include that genre in these i mean i want to include those kinds of characters and lgbtq themes in the books because i feel like people need more accessible books like this especially children we don't have a lot of children's books but there are great ones but they're are not many where kids can just get this message of like love is love without being beaten over the head with it. You know, just a nice subtle message that they can take with them into their adulthood, into their teen years and remember that book and go, Oh, I could see love equally because I remember that message I got. So I wrote this book based on our, our puppy Sawyer um, who really when we adopted him, I adopted Sawyer and then that's when I met actually Adam at the same time doing this play together and Adam loved the puppies and that really brought us together because we'd go out and talk about the puppy in between between rehearsals on breaks and it really drew us it drew us together and once Adam and I fell in love Sawyer then really fell in love with Adam but before I adopted Sawyer he was with another another owner and then another rescuer so I had this idea to create this rescue journey his rescue journey to bring attention to rescue organizations and how he didn't discriminate with his love like when the woman who rescued him rescued him he loved her when the 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 first guy who rescued Sawyer rescued him he fell in love with him because he loved him back so this is basically our rescue pup's journey to his forever home with his two daddies and how along the way he did not he accepted love in whatever form it came in. And so that's the story. And so because of COVID, we decided to ask all our artist friends to help do a video book. And they all contributed a page or two, and we put it together. Yeah, Adam originally wanted to make this last summer with me, and I was just teaching myself Photoshop because I've been dabbling in photography, and and, um, his mom got me one of those Wacom tablets for Christmas. So I, I said I cannot illustrate a whole book by myself. And uh, it's a whole other world. You know, I'm used to painting and drawing. So using a tablet was a, a right. huge learning curve. So when we finally now had all this time, I said, "How? you know, we both agreed, let's open it up to, like, a bunch of our artist friends. Who are out of work. Yeah, who are just home. And, and we got it all together, like, two weeks ago. We got everyone's art. And then and we made it into a video book because yeah. we wanted the kids who are out of school and the parents who are out of, out of school with their kids and don't, don't know what to do with them to have a tool to educate and entertain them with. And so that's where the video book idea came from. We do want to make a hard copy and we're talking to a publisher tomorrow and we're open to looking for more publishers. But we, right now we just want to get the video book out there to whomever we can, like, you know, Ellen or something. And most likely the, the published book would be like, you know, uh, a consistent illustrator. So it's like a, you know, I, I love that online you can see all these interpretations of Sawyer, and those are going to be drawings that we have for a lifetime of, of a memory of him. Um, right. And 
as a as a hard copy, it'll it'll most likely be a, a professional, consistent, you know, illustrated book. But it's been so well received online um, just since yesterday when we put it out. So yeah, we're really proud of it. I'm proud of that. Well, you should be. It's amazing. I love it. I love all the illustrations. Um, very very cool looking. The video is amazing. Um, talk about well, I'm not even going to go there because we're, really, we're really running out of time here. I wanted to get into Windy City, but we'll have you back on and we'll bring Jake Biondi on, who's a good friend, and uh, we'll talk about that later. Let's go ahead great, and start great. to wrap things up. Uh, Bucci, tell everyone um, what you have in store besides these two products, anything that I might have missed, and let them know where they can follow you on social media and talk about your Patreon page, which I think is pretty amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's pretty new. Well, what's next is really just the Let It Kill You movie. Um, oh, yeah, Adam and I worked on a horror short. Um, we'll give you some more info on that once they kind of do some PR on it, because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's all a Zoom call, um, horror film, short film. And they had special effects people that are doing it right now, the editing, so that, you know, it looks like this really creepy, awesome Zoom call gone wrong. It's with a great producer of this movie called Summer of 84. Matt, Matt Leslie. Yeah. Um, so we just did that two weeks ago, and we did that out of our home. Everyone was in their homes. But, yeah, we don't, uh, aside from the Let It Kill You and, you know, working on our own thing, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. So we're just trying to keep busy. Um, Patreon, a few months ago, or months ago, I can't even keep track anymore, um, I didn't even know what it was. I actually saw, like, you know, Kit doing one with John from Eastsiders. Um, and I said to Adam, if we if we start a page, it'll kind of keep us on our toes to kind of keep making content, even if it's something so little and so small. Um, and it'll kind of make us want to be creative. Who cares if people are donating or, or, you know, subscribing? It'll keep us accountable to kind of stay creative. Exactly. So, uh, right. Like Puppy Love is Puppy Love is, is for free on there. We're not making you subscribe to watch it, but we have it on there so these people can visit the page and see that it exists. Um, and it's up to them if they want to see other stuff. But, right. yeah, it's, it's definitely a fun tool for artists to kind of supplement income, see if people want to kind of subscribe and follow. Um, but, yeah, again, it just keeps us wanting to create more. And where can they find you on social media, my friend? Oh, I'm Adam Bucci five, number five. And um on where? I'm pretty much across the board and uh Twitter, Instagram. Um yeah. And Adam, right. you got and a great website with your uh, reels. Give your website, Adam, and give your social media. Adam Huss, okay, it's AdamHussOfficial dot com. My social media is Adam T Huss, that's on Twitter and on Instagram. And currently, guys, you can catch me in two films coming up on Lifetime, Lifetime proper. Um, one is called, it was called Secrets in the Air, now it's called Mile High Escorts. <laughs> um, and it Woo-hoo. premieres, I believe, July 25th um, on Lifetime. And there's another one called Another Mother, but that name might change. And that one, they're both really fun. So hopefully uh, you guys can check those out. Nice. Oh, Guys, it's been also... an absolute delight. I have so many questions. I have another page of questions <laughs> I didn't get to, so we're going to have to have you guys back on real soon. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we'd love to come back. Thank you for all your great questions. Right. And thanks for the support. No problem. Stay on the line for me, guys. We'll talk off break here in one second. Guys, I'm going to play out a little bit of music. 
When we come back, I'm going to have the cast of As I Am on. We have the creator, Anthony Bond. Then we have the four lead actors, Andre Myers, Jeremiah Dunbar, Tom McLaren, and Rodney Chester. It's a great interview and a great film called As I Am. I'll be back to wrap things up at the end of the episode here. You're listening to Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight radio network. I fell in love with a photo Head over heels for a face I'll never know Squeaky clean in a bathrobe Just a hint of the skin that hides below I can't help it, I'm already, already Daydreaming this fantasy, fantasy Repeating but nobody's stripping for me All I got are these eyes looking out Conscious altering times the past few months and weeks. 
I've been trying to strike a balance of bringing fun interviews with some interesting and talented people for a little bit of escape and some seriousness of the times to not try to be tone deaf to others' experience and to bring some depth to our conversations. With this, I'm hoping to bring you a little bit of both today because I'm very excited to have the cast behind the film As I Am. It's recently been released on Amazon Prime, Video On Demand, Here TV, and a lot of other great locations near you. The two lead characters are men of color, one of them from an affluent family with some emotional scars that have not yet been addressed, and one adopted by two loving gay males, working class parents, and their chance meeting comes over some vitamin D whole milk. Please welcome to the show for the very first time, Mr. Tom McLaren, Mr. Jeremiah Dunbar, Mr. Andre Myers, Mr. Rodney Chester, and Mr. Anthony Bond. Guys, how y'all doing today? Good, good, good. Great, great, great. Thank you. All good. We have a full house, guys. Thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate that I was able to watch the film last night. Amazing job by all. Thank you very much. I hope you guys are all very, very proud. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, I can't wait to get in the movie, but let's uh, go ahead. And I want to address the times we're living through a little bit. How are each of you guys holding up? Where are we finding you calling in from today? And how have you guys been getting through the past couple months and weeks? Um, Anthony, we'll start with you. Um, well, I'm all, I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I am fine. Um, it was a little rough uh, a couple of days ago. Um, went through a lot of uh, had to do a lot of self healing and self uh, you know reflection and, and evaluation on how I can partake in you know creating a change. And I think my best efforts are like what I'm doing now, just creating mindful thought-provoking content that can, you know, speak to our narrative. Fantastic. I love that. And Andre, what about you? How have you been? I'm good. You know, I'm calling from L.A. Um, There's a lot of protesting going on. And on top of that, you know, in the background, we have COVID-19 going on. So it's been a really emotionally, like, driven time. Um, And I've been finding a lot of peace in doing home renovations. So, Um, I own a property and it has, you know, a couple houses on it. So I've been taking my time to do like landscaping and uh, doing some finishes on the outside and things like that. And that's really been bringing me peace and being outside in the sun. I've been able to kind of, you know, step out and just take in the sun. It's been, it's been a crazy time, but I've been able to work on things I wouldn't normally have the time to do. Fantastic. There's no right or wrong way to do a pandemic. Some people have been very productive. Some people haven't left their house, but that sounds amazing. Jeremiah, what have you been up to, man? I've been doing a lot. Honestly, I've just been trying to help other people and help myself at the same time. So what I've been doing is I just set up like an in-home studio because I make music as well. Um, I got a guitar. I'm learning Spanish. I've just been trying to elevate myself on top of going to all these protests and on top of helping people in need. And making sure people, if they need to talk to somebody, I'm there for them and things like that. So that's what I've been taking all my time up for. Good on you, man. Rodney, how you doing? Um, good. Uh, I'm in L.A. as well. Um, you know, I have to say it's it's a lot. It's been a lot. And uh, I find myself looking at CNN a lot. I try to, you know, look at other stuff, too. But I find myself going back to it because it's 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 just a lot, you know. 
But, right. um, you know, I, I think and hope and pray that we do get through it. But I've been um, doing a lot of stuff, house maintenance, too, and, you know, just getting things together in my life as well, you know, just working on some other projects and, you know, just doing stuff actually for me, just reflecting and all that kind of stuff like that. So it's been good, right. though. Very cool. Uh, I'm like Andre. I'm like Andre. It's like you know, you do things that you probably wouldn't have time to do normally. But now, uh, if anything, you have time to kind of reflect and do uh, other stuff too as well. Exactly, Tom. How you been holding up? What's been keeping you going? Uh, I'm good. I'm also in Los Angeles. It's uh, it's definitely been a stressful and emotional time, especially this past week. Uh, I'm I'm originally from Chicago and Detroit, so. I'm no stranger to turmoil, but uh, I think what we've all had to face has just been extreme, and um, it's been hard on all of us. But, uh, listen, we're all hanging in there. Um, I'm thrilled to be on the show because at least we get to have some positive energy, talk about some positive subjects, and and hopefully we can, you know, at least for a moment kind of focus on that. Um, the, the characters in this film are definitely positive role models, and so I'm thrilled that you're yeah. having us on and you're supporting indie film and uh, – you know, that's a good message that we can send out there to everybody. There you go. Very well said. I like that. And we are celebrating. We're in the middle of Pride Month now. right now. You guys are an amazing LGBTQ representative film. Talk a little bit for my LGBT friends. Um, tell me a little bit about, not as much interested in coming out stories, but tell me when you found your tribe. Was it part of your entertainment journey? Where did you find your tribe? And then when for the straight allies, what was your kind of first introduction to the LGBTQ family and what kind of made you feel a part of that, something that you need to support? So, Andre, we'll start with you this time. Talk about um, what Pride means to you and where did you first kind of find your tribe? Well, I'll start with finding my tribe. So both of my parents, my mom and dad, are both gay. So that, I mean, I have family love and support, and they never, you know, pushed anything on me. They always let me grow into who I am, you know, today. Um, and I went to performing arts high school for acting and vocal um, music. So just first day stepping into that school, there was, like, everybody's running up to each other, hugging each other. I mean, it was overwhelming, you know, seeing all of these people from all of these different, you know, ethnic backgrounds who are artists and who are free and loving. And in that environment, I was able to find myself, at least, you know, the, the beginning parts of who I am today. Those are like the roots of, you know, me being a tree. And, uh, yeah, that was just the beginning of my whole journey, I, I guess, that I'm still on. That's awesome. And Jeremiah, you're a fantastic ally to the community. Talk about um, working with that. What what draws you to a project and um, makes you kind of feel part of something bigger? 100%. Um, my whole entire, honestly, I just love people in general. So I have a whole bunch of friends that were gay growing up and things like that. And one common thing that they had is they just felt alone. So when I saw the project, I felt like I had an opportunity to uh, give back and show that there are people there for them and everyone. Um, so, and it also talked about a whole bunch of problems and things like that, that I thought would be an amazing platform to give that off with. 
So with that being said, I felt like I needed to do this movie um, just to show the people that, hey, we're with you. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be alone in all of this, and we can be there as a support always. Cool. And, Rodney, talk about your journey a bit. When did you first kind of find your tribe? Well, I um, I started off as a dancer, and then I moved into a performer, um, went to college for theater and all of that, and moved to New York, did a lot of theater. So I I, I found that through doing that. And then um, as far as the Pride, I have uh, been hosting Prides for years. So I always have believed in Prides. It's a great thing to, you know, to get with get with people and enjoy and have a great time. So I always enjoy hosting and doing stuff like that for Prides. But mainly my journey started when I started in the uh, in the dance world in the beginning and then moved into theater. And now I'm into acting. Very cool. And Tom is another great ally. What kind of drew you to this project? And what are your thoughts on working within the community? Well, I was, I'm thrilled with my part of Charles. It's just a fantastic role. From the, from the very first second that I saw the sides for my audition, I thought, this is a character I want to do. It doesn't matter whether they're gay or straight or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Because Charles is, um, well, to talk about Rodney and I together, we're, we're like an old-time married couple in this movie. And <laughs> we, love right. our, we love our son. You <laughs> right like that? Uh, it's true. Uh, we love our son unconditionally. We don't force him down any path. And he, Rodney and I have been through so much together. We genuinely love each other. And, you know, it's, it's such a positive image to put out there. And, you know, I'm just thrilled to be in the movie. I'm very proud of it as a whole. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an interesting project to be in um, because uh, as Rodney and I, we're, we're an interracial gay couple in this. And, that's, you know, relatively common by today's standards. But if we look back, you know, I look back at my life and you go back 20, 30 years, you know, interracial gay couples weren't as common as they are nowadays. And we do address right. this in the film that we've, we've lived through turmoil. We've struggled to survive, but we have survived. And that's another positive role thing that I love that Anthony and company are putting out there. It's, it's a great message. Nice, nice, nice. Anthony, talk about your uh, tribe. How did you, your tribe, where did you find each other? Uh, well, uh, I am the late bloomer out of the group. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I didn't, um, I didn't discover myself until like, I was, Jesus, my junior year in college. Um, when I, just went through my my transition and and really walking into my own and from uh, my husband introducing me to Noah's Ark, um, which was the first gay show that I've ever watched uh, with all mm. African American or people of color that were in the leading roles. That that alone like helped motivate me to do what I'm doing today. That one show has has created this career for me, so to speak, and I've made it my life mission to make sure that I can do whatever I can to make sure our narratives are told properly, written by us, for us. So that's kind of sort of where I stand with it. 
you have done wonders for that community and for the filmmaking community and for all of us artistically and the people enjoy watching films, Anthony. I love everything you've been doing. I like the, I mean, all the way back from Cheetah in August, we could talk about Hemingway. We could talk about uh, Blackville. I want to talk about Conframa. I think we're going to have your Conframa cast on in just a couple of weeks here. Um, but talk oh. about, let's start with this story in particular. Where did this story come from you? Was it kind of cut from whole cloth in your imagination or based on um, things that you've been worked with? How'd that story come about? So, so, uh, the the as I am story originally came about I, like this one summer I I was at home with my mother and um, I decided that I wanted to do um, like teach I wanted to teach acting to like some of the summer kids in the program some program and I, I don't think I've ever really talked about this story because I I really it's it's very dramatic and triggering to certain folks but. What I will say is that I was um, speaking with one of the kids that I was teaching acting that was being picked on in class. And first of all, act, teaching acting to middle school children is difficult. It was emotionally draining and jarring what these kids are going through nowadays in the system. Um, but anyway, so I was speaking with this young man, and he just felt the need to indulge to me, um, you know, something that happened to him um, in his earlier years as a child, that he was molested by his father. So I immediately, that just made my heart, you know, sink. So just to not put any names or anything to um, just to protect that child's identity, I just, I dramatized it. I, I made it something, you know, I, I kept the essence of, of how that little kid, how he was re reacting, and that's what um, developed the manual. And then, you know, just certain things just started to flow out. You know, Demetrius is like one of the ideal characters that in the community that we would love to see. And Kevin and Charles right. are the perfect parents that would, that it's just a no-brainer that had to mold this beautiful indiv individual um, in the world that we need more people like that in the world that doesn't see gay or straight. They just see that the essence of this person, I'm attracted to that, and I want to be with that type of person um, rather than the physical, if that makes sense. No, it does. And it's a beautifully crafted story. I love the story as it's told. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Um, Andre, I want to talk about Emmanuel a bit. I don't know the right words, not being the professional. I call it small acting. You basically, you have to pay attention to your character because you have such idiosyncrasies and texts and things that make your character whole that it's just amazing. You, you just use these small, subtle movements to get everything across. Talk about the character, Emmanuel. What did... Uh, you feel you brought to the character and what do you think the character brought out of you as an actor? Wow. Um, well, Emmanuel is, uh, number one, he is a marketing executive. So he's about his business. Um, but he's also okay or has been okay being by himself um, until he goes back home to Arizona. And then a lot of his past trauma comes up and he, he sees a lot of triggers and 
then he's faced with a moment where he has to deal with it or not. Um, when it comes to um, the acting point, uh, part of it, I know I've had a lot of trauma in my own life, and acting is what really saved me from, you know, going off the ledge, I would say, um, being able to use a lot of the things that I've been through and not having to tell people specifically word for word what I've been through, but being able to put all of that into different characters is what I love and what I really feel like has taken me through my life. Um, and, you know, just a little idiosyncrasies and what, what you were picking up on. I'm so glad that you picked up on it because it's something that me and Anthony talked about prior to making the movie when we were talking about the character and figuring out what we were going to bring to him. Um, and I've had a friend who used to live in New York and uh, he's had a lot of trauma as well. And he kind of developed a tick, you know, until he started to go to therapy and was able to release all of that, you know, energy that he was holding on to. So I tried to add some of those things, you know, into my character as well, just based off of people who I know and who have trusted me with some of the traumas that they have been through in their lives, I use that to kind of build a manual as well. So it's just a combination of things. Well, you did it beautifully, my friend, and I really enjoyed uh, just your style of acting. It was amazing. And, Jeremiah, I want to talk about Dimitri. You're very welcome. Um, Dimitri, on the other hand, shows he seems very, very self-assured until he isn't. And that was, I think, such a powerful scene with your fathers when you come home after leaving Emmanuel. Uh, that was powerful acting as well, my friend. I think it was just you have this carefree attitude throughout the movie, and then you just super powerful scene. Talk about kind of same question. What did you think you brought to Dimitri, and what did Dimitri bring out of your acting? Um, Demetrius, I feel like he hasn't. He didn't come from much. He always but he was okay with that. So he was always happy. He was assured of himself. Um, but another thing about him, he's very passionate. He's a passionate person. He's passionate about everything he does. So when he found out how he felt and the confusion, obviously he's going to have those reactions. Um, I don't know. Me and Anthony had a little talk about Demetrius, and we just came up with, like, a a person that you feel like you can always rely on. You know what I'm saying? Like a dependable person, a person that's uh, sure of himself, walks like he owns the world. Um, So I implemented that within him. Also, um, I felt like he needed to obviously have like a a tender care. Like he could hold a flower in his hand for six miles and not hurt it. You know, like because Emmanuel's character, he has like, he's so... He needs something, and I wanted Demetrius to be that exactly that, you know what I'm saying, that's something that he needed. Um, So I implemented that within his character as well. Very well done as well. we got to talk about Tom and Rodney's characters. I mean, they're the gay parents that we all want and need. Rodney, you really brought the broad comedy with your words, but, Tom, your character really um, had more more words, but more character-driven kind of actions. And I think the two of you together brought such a well-rounded family and backup for Demetrius. 
talk about your roles and how you approach the role, Rodney. Um, I think well, first of all, when I read the script, I I I, I loved it playing playing a dad. Um, but we adopted our kid, so we brought him into our world and made him kind of understood understand our world. And he kind of mentioned that in the show at some point what we did for him. So that to me meant so much that we took this kid, adopted him, put him in our world, and we still never judged or assumed that he would be gay. That was never what our assumption was. We just loved him. He knew what our lifestyle was, and um, I just felt like that was just so empowering and great. And uh, I, I appreciated Anthony for that and uh, for the characterization of those characters. Um and working with Tom, it was a, a, a natural chemistry thing that we had. Uh, we talked a little bit. I had just met him of the, the day of the shoot. So we had never <laughs> wow. met each other. We had never read anything together. We never talked on the phone, you know, um, which was fine. But it's kind of always good sometimes to just kind of like at least touch base and talk. I mean, we literally didn't talk to each other. Well, we talked when we first got there a little bit, but yeah. – um, we didn't we didn't meet until that day that we shot basically. So it was it was huh. just an amazing thing that we had that chemistry and we worked it out to where it was it felt believable. Um, and it was great great working with them. It was great working with, with Jeremiah. I mean, he was uh, well. Both of the guys were great, but we had our, our stuff with Jeremiah. It was just so amazing how the chemistry worked. Right. No, it was, it really was great and big uh, big way to go, guy for Anthony for the way that you guys were portrayed and for the writing of it. Cause I thought, as I said, your words, your broad comedy, uh, the whole bit about the knife, I was dying. I got to tell you, but Tom, you had the subtle, the look, the, the kind of um, low key approach, which I thought was amazing as well. Talk about how you brought your character to life. Oh, well, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it was such a, such a fun character to play. There there were so many facets to him I mean, Anthony originally explained that he wanted Rodney and I to kind of be more the comic relief in what is actually a very serious film. So we kind of get to play with the comic and the drama at the same time. And and when we did the scenes with Jeremiah, it's uh, the, the first scene we've got um, kind of plays more on, on kind of, you know, the teasing kind of, you know, you know, comic side of like, oh, look, he's brought a boy home. And what does this mean? And, and so we have tremendous fun with that but it was the second scene when i saw the final cut of it and i'm like oh okay wow this is where you right. know, the drama comes in and you see the love and the caring between these three people and i thought that second scene that we did was particularly powerful and uh when i saw the film um uh, just recently a couple of weeks ago um i saw it with my wife and 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 the first thing she said when the movie was over was that she felt the chemistry and and i thought okay yes yes we did it and i because i had such a, a fun nice. time working with rodney and like like he said you know it was all just so quick and we had just met and we had we had time to chat you know after we were in makeup and waiting for the setup but uh we probably only chatted for you know a half an hour or an hour at most and, uh, and then boom suddenly we're doing with those, those first two scenes were done on the same day uh, and so we had to kind of bring it all together very fast but uh Right. But yeah, I mean, I I'm pleased with the final product. I I, I see the loves and, and and the chemistry there, so I'm proud of it as well. 
you should be. And, Anthony, I want to talk about – we weren't able to have Piper and Rufus join us today, but I want to talk about those characters. I think Piper's over-the-top actions were such a symptom of what's been happening this whole time. I thought it was so well-written. It's like her ability to rationalize everything when she talked about having a girl cousin named Dimitri just shows – it's emblematic of her entire character of just putting things to the side – and then Rufus is just kind of clueless, speaking of tone deafness that we're at in these times today. His uh, whole thing when he's talking about situations that it was such a long time ago and not really acknowledging it. Talk about writing those two characters because they were played fantastic by Piper and Rufus. Um, you know, those two characters were, I think, uh, in my opinion, was the most difficult to write from a standpoint um, for me being um, African-American and then trying to really properly narrate um, from their viewpoint, having such an oppositional type of way, oppositional way of thinking. Uh, so I, I, I think it just came, I, I took elements of what, what my mother, you know, said to me um, earlier when she first discovered that, you know, that I was a part of the lifestyle. And then the cluelessness is my, uh, of my biological father, whom, who's just been absent <laughs> for the majority of my life. But, like, uh. him discovering it and taking an element of that and then, like, putting, putting it together. But then also keeping in mind that the underlining tone that they are still parents, and they have a child, but trying to to make sure that it, it is understood that the mother still loves her child despite that she's been so, you know, absent and thought and thinking she's been present, but she's really been completely absent the entire time. Right, right. Wow. So, like I said, the entire thing is an amazing movie. Runtime is only an hour, which I think is, such a great easy way to tell a story but you packed so much power into that hour um andre talk about what you're hoping people will get away um come away with after seeing the film uh the biggest thing for me i want people to know that we all go through things in life but it's really important for us to deal with those traumas to work through it so that we don't shut ourselves off from society. We don't, you know, shut ourselves off from experiences that we would have normally had if we weren't holding ourselves back. I think that's really important to to work through the things that we've gone through or that we're going through and stay optimistic. Well said. Jeremiah, anything to add? Anything you're hoping people get out of it, your performance? Um, that 100%. Also, just don't be scared of yourself. Don't ever try to bring yourself back just because of what other people might think. If you feel a certain way, let that way be known because it is okay. Right. Very well said. Tom, what are you hoping people will see out of the film? Well, I mean, I hope the the message is is pretty simple and clear. Basically, just be good to other people. Um, It doesn't matter whether you're straight or gay, or it doesn't matter whether you're African-American or Caucasian, just be good to other people. I sometimes joke, um, and especially when you look at the times we live in right now, I joke that if the Martians are up there looking down at this planet and they see how some human beings treat 
some other human beings, the Martians go, you know what, we'll just pass on this planet, we'll move on to the next one. And so it shouldn't be like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just shouldn't be no. like that. So I think this film kind of, you know, has, has a message that, you know, that, that just, you know, care about others and, and listen and be tolerant and be open-minded. And it doesn't matter what category you happen to be in. Do that for everybody. There you go. And Rodney, what about yourself? Anything that you uh, walk away with wanting people to learn or something that you learned from it, the experience? Um, yeah, I guess more than anything, it's just like as concept, just being who you are. But this, I think that what, what Anthony captured is that this really does happen in families where uh, what, uh, what, what people go through. You know, so it was good to see that played out on screen. And um, also it could have helped a lot of people in that way to know that if it does happen and, and you were worried about your mom not really being there for you, you know, you know there's other organizations that you could possibly go to, you know, and sit and talk with it to help you through therapy with it, you know, because that right. would have been another good twist twist to that if, if uh if, I guess if it was a full feature and Anthony wanted to elaborate on the character that he had to go to some type of therapy to deal with that, you know, his whole childhood, you know? So I just think right. the film itself was just a very powerful, uh, uh, the things that I heard from people, they was like, they loved it because the message was very, very um, powerful. Well said. And Anthony, let's give you the final word on the film. What do you hope, uh, people get out of this film that you created, and what's what's your dream? How did it come out to you? Did it is it everything you wanted it to be? I want people who watch this film, black, white, or whomever, to understand that your life, your appreciation, and your love for yourself and the people who are around you understand that you are acceptable of being loved too, just the way that you are. And don't ever feel like that you have to adjust yourself to please someone else. Um, I, I really want people to walk away with understanding that there are people like Emmanuel out there in the world that uh, deserve the type of love that Demetrius wants to give Emmanuel. It's out there, and I want people to walk away feeling that and with with the film i feel like this I, this is like my best project i've ever done from out of everything i've ever done because i put so much of my heart into it and and the artistry the angles the the, the various different types of of things that I, the, the visuals that I really went out of the box on that I normally would not do, I really wanted to do that for this, uh, for this project. And I understand a lot of people say that, okay, it's only like it comes in at an hour. It's, it's a reason why it's an hour. I wanted to cut out the fluff. I wanted to. I want people to walk away with a message, as we said earlier. I want you to say, "This is what it is. This is what the message is, and this is what it it's about." There you go. Well, you did it very well. It's a beautifully shot movie. I mean, I didn't even go into the whole nakedness. That was kind of handsome, but just the way it was done for visual effects, though, and for showing the trauma. I mean, it's just amazing use of technique. I thought. I thought everyone just did such a fantastic job, and I'm so excited for this film. 
I hope everyone gets to see it, guys. I think you should all be very, very proud of it. Well done on all of you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, let's wrap it up. I want to go into some future projects for you. Uh, let Let my listeners know what they might be seeing in the future once all this nonsense gets uh, up and started again. I want you to give your social media if you have it so they can follow you or any websites you might have. I want to start with you, Andre and Anthony, because I got to tell you, I saw all three episodes of Kaylin and COVID. Loved every second of it. Um, I think you really got to bring your singing and dancing out, Andre. I think that was hilarious. Um, that you did this all by April 17th when we just started this whole thing. It was amazing how quick the turnaround time was. Talk about that project, Andre, and talk about where my friends, uh, listeners can find you. Okay, so me and Anthony, obviously COVID-19 has been going on. As soon as it started, uh, I was going a little stir crazy, and I know Anthony works very hard. He's always editing something, shooting something, directing something. So I said, hey, like, we both don't have anything really going on right now, so let's create something. And so we put our minds together, and we came up with Kaylin and COVID, um, and we just wanted to showcase uh, what it would be like possibly for a single gay man to be at home by himself and, you know, to be going through uh, COVID-19 alone. And eventually online, you know, he runs into a character that Anthony plays, um, but we got to have a lot of fun with it, uh, and we're still actually shooting, so it's not done. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really lighthearted project that we wanted to put out there to entertain the masses. And well, as far it as where was I can be very found, fun. No, no problem. And then as far as social media, um, Instagram, you can find me at, at Prince ADM. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm always working on new things. I'm actually working on something else with Anthony, but – I don't know if I can say my involvement in it. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of things out. Right now I'm in the Smirnoff National Commercial with Laverne Cox, and I have a couple other national commercials running, and I always have my hand tied up in something. Nice. And, Anthony, i got to say, it was good to see you in front of the camera there. Uh, Damn good on you with Joshua there. Talk about that and talk about what you got in the hopper. You have so many projects going you're doing some amazing contributions to film work and to the uh, people of color community, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for, I mean, Kaylin and COVID is literally, is, is, is a shit show. Okay. Uh, just for my <laughs> character, so to speak, I just, it's, it's fun to do because I don't necessarily, I always try to make sure I do things, something that's thought provoking. So it's, it's kind of releasing to just be silly, uh, like, you know, 100%. Um, uh, so, and also, uh, I mean, I originally wanted to do acting in the first place, um, but I kind of sort of fell in this seat, um, as I spoke to God and this is like kind of sort of my, my path that I've, um, wanted to go to. And I know I have my moment one day, but for right now, this is what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on so many, so many, many things, um, uh, some I can't say, but uh, also, um, you know, I got, you know, Kaylin and COVID. I got Kumframa um, that I'm still currently uh, shooting and wrapping up. And that's what um, Andre said he couldn't say, but I brought him, I started writing him in to Kumframa. So he's going to make an appearance on uh, season two of Kumframa as well. Nice. And where can they find you on social, my friend, or a website? 
Um, oh, and I forgot the oh yeah, um, Cheetah in August. I'm looking at bringing that back for the final segment uh, to finish nice. out that that series. Um, but I'm you can find me at Anthony Bond on all platforms. There you go. Well, as a single man, I just want to borrow Rocco to be a dude magnet when I go walking in Beverly Hills sometimes. So let me just borrow Rocco. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. All right. uh, Jeremiah, tell me, what do you got going on? Anything in the hopper we should be on the lookout for? And let everyone know where they can find you on social media or a website or both. Yes, yes. I have a movie called Attack of the Unknown coming out in August. Um, you can get it. It's going to be in Redbox. It's going to go straight to DVD. It's going to be on demand. It's going to be hopefully on some other platforms. They're in the works of that right now. I do have some projects that I'm working on. Um, got a little postponed. I can't say anything about them, but I can say that I am beyond excited about them. Um, and then you nice. can find me at Jeremiah Kyrie on Instagram. It's J E R I M I Y A H K Y R E E. There you go. And, Tom, what about you? Where can we find you next, and where can we follow you at? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I'm I'm currently in an episode of Lost in Space Season 2 on Netflix, so I'm, I'm quite happy about that. I've got uh, hey. a lot of – yeah, it's, it was a big TV credit for me, so I'm quite thrilled. Um, and I've got a lot of indie films that are in the can that are done that are expected to be released this year. I've got several that have just kind of piled up, so hopefully they'll be coming out soon. I do also have a book that I co-authored, um, which is online and in stores. It's called Styling the Stars, Lost Treasures from the 20th Century Fox Archives. So it's a, it's a book for classic movie lovers and classic movie star lovers. I'm, I'm quite proud of that. And on social, um, I'm out there as well. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TomMcLaren1. And I'm on Facebook. I've got a page, which is at TomMcLarenPage. And I think social media should be social. So I'm I'm always thrilled to uh, interact with people who send me messages. Very well. And last but not least, certainly Mr. Rodney Chester. What do you got going on, my friend? Um, Well, I'm working on... Actually, we're working on it now, uh, a reunion uh, for the show I was on, Noah's Ark. Excuse me. Um, We're doing a reunion episode. So that's in the works. Um, I'm working with another guy on another project that he's developing and I'm going to be the star of. Can't really go into that. Um, But that's about it for now. And uh, my social media is It's Rodney on Instagram, I-T-S Rodney underscore. And Facebook is just under my name, Rodney Chester. Terrific. Well, guys, the film is As I Am. It's absolute recommended. I love every second of it. Um, guys, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank no problem. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, stand the line for me, everyone. Guys, we're going to play out a little song here, a little Steve Grant, Good to See You. I'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. All right, stay in line, guys.
when you're getting lost in someone else If all I know is what I found The stranger he won't stick around Ain't it Appreciate it. 
Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. You got seven people interviewed for the price of two there. What a deal, what a bargain. A big thank you to our buddy Enoch Miller, the empress of WeHo, with our Southern California Entertainment Minute talking about all the protests that were going on this weekend and fire at the Hollywood Bowl. Thanks, Enoch, for coming on. Appreciate it. And then we had Adam Squared, Adam Bucci, and Adam Huss. God, I love those guys. They're really great creators. They're both excellent actors. And looking forward to talking to them again because I had a lot of questions we never even got to tonight. And then I'm so proud of this film, as I am. I hope you guys go check it out on your nearest distributor right now. I believe, like I said, it's on Here TV. I believe it's available on Amazon Prime for rent. A big thank you to the cast and the creator, Anthony Bond, and the lead actors, Andre Myers, Jeremiah Dunbar, Tom McLaren, and Rodney Chester. Great talking to all of them. Tomorrow we have a brand new show for you. Always here the rest of the week here at 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We're going to have our Pop Culture Minute with our buddies Josh and Jeff from J&J Buzz starting things off tomorrow. And then I have two brand new interviews for you. First up is going to be Sam Knight. He is a fitness and meditation coach. And we're going to go through both some fitness tips and some meditation tips from Sam. He is an excellent speaker and in amazing shape. So we definitely um, want to get tips from him. And then we're going to have Glenn North was supposed to be on last week. He is on uh, Camp Getaway on Bravo. If you're not watching that, it's a lot of fun. It's summer camp for adults for the weekend. Uh, booze insured and everything. So a big show tomorrow. And we'll be here all week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. You can follow me on social media on Twitter and, Insta- and Instagram at Left of Straight. That's at L E F T. O-F-S-T-R in the number eight. The Left of Straight show is our Facebook page you can like. Scott Fullerton is my profile on Facebook. It's public, so you can send me a friend request. And you can check out the website at www.leftofstraight.com. Really appreciate you all tuning in. we got lots of guests the rest of this week. We're heading towards Palm Springs very shortly. We'll be talking about that more this Friday. It's one month from... Friday. So uh, let's head out and you guys have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.